0: Welcome back to the Enjoy the Walk Golf Podcast, where we walk you through the industry's untold stories, brand reviews, history lessons, and swing lessons from industry legends to those fresh on the scene. We'll carry you through the world of golf, so you grab your bag, strap up, and enjoy the walk. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another week of Enjoy the Walk podcast. Excited to get into this one, repping our tri-state region, Maryland State Golf Association. We have Grace Apple on the show. Grace is the manager of development and programming for the Maryland State Golf Association, where she just took over the role this year. So she takes care of a lot of the women's events. She runs the Youth on Course uh, Foundation efforts within the Maryland state area. So excited to have Grace on the show and get to know her a little bit better and get to know the story of how she got to be where she's at, and what she does today to help Maryland State Golf Association continue to grow um, in all aspects of the game. So, Grace, excited to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here, honestly. Um, You know, women's golf and junior golf has always been one thing that I've been passionate about, so I'm excited to be able to share a a little bit about it and my new position, too, also, so thank you. Yeah, it's been something
0: we've seen, I think, in a lot of folks we've had on the show in the past year. Dante, we've had um, some semester tour players on the show. We've had some some folks from up in New York who also work within the the girls game and the ladies game to grow women's golf, um, you know, on the East Coast and then and nationally as well. And I think it's something that's really starting to catch fire, especially with girls of younger ages, like maybe seeing it's cool to play golf for the first time or just seeing they can go play golf for the first time. So uh, super excited to get into how you guys are, are helping grow the game within the, the women's sport.
1: Yeah. So like you mentioned, youth on course is one of my main roles with the MSGA and it's both boys and girls. Um, but I think that youth on course is just really important because it provides the opportunity for a lot of, People who don't have the opportunity to play golf, you know, not everybody is in a financial situation where they can join a country club. Um, that's where I grew up playing golf. And there's a lot of public courses uh, that have great programs, great teaching pros um, and youth on course provides that opportunity for those kids. And honestly, you know, in our MSGA championships, I see so many People who are youth on course members and they're winning our tournaments and they're going on to play college golf. So it's just super important. And, you know, that's the future of golf is really the kids. So we really need to do as much as we can to just promote that. Um, And as far as the girls go, you know, I grew up playing golf, um, but I was never really excited about it. Um, You know, my parents will tell you they had to drag me by my arms and legs literally to go to my high school golf tryouts because I did not want to do it just because there weren't that many girls opportunities. You know, I was the only – my sister and I were the only females um, on our high school golf team for the the years that we shared – and so, you know, I didn't have girlfriends that I could make through the sport, and it just wasn't that enjoyable for me. Um, but now seeing that my high school has a girls program and my county is able to field all girls' teams, Um, I think that it just goes to show that these efforts really go a long way, and it's so important because golf is definitely one of, you know, my favorite things to do. And looking back five years ago, I don't think I could have said that really. I, I really truly would have said five years ago, like I hate golf. I really hate golf. And, um, you know, now it's the complete opposite. Like in my free time, that's what I want to go do. And, um, (laughs) I've met so many cool people through golf, met so many new friends, the networking opportunities I've had are just incredible through golf. So it's definitely really, really important
0: yeah i think i love what you touched there of like seeing kids that come up through youth on course go ahead and and win championships that you're hosting at at maryland state golf i think baltimore's seeing it a lot with their kids with the first tee as well we're really close with parker bratton who runs the first tee over there um and, and we're seeing that not only in baltimore but you're seeing it in a lot of first tee programs across the country um and it's really starting to go full circle where you're seeing it with youth on course too these kids are finally getting the opportunity to go play for as cheap as it is to like, you know, go play soccer with their buddies or go play pickup games of basketball with their buddies. Finally golf's, has an avenue of making it more affordable for kids like that to go play. Um, and, and they're taking advantage of it and really, you know, catching the bug. Like like we did way back and, and like you did five years ago where you turn the script and now golf's, you know, the best thing in the world. So it's really cool to see kids, especially at a young age, catch the bug. And you can just see it in their eyes when they, when they really, you know, they want to come back, they want to play more, they want to practice. They just want to be on the golf course.
1: Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad you brought up uh, the first tee because a lot of people, I think, have the image in their head that they're competitors but really they go hand in hand because first he provides the learning opportunities you know the teaching opportunities and then with the youth on course membership the kids are able to go out to the golf courses and then practice those things so you know the the two of them are really more partners than anything which is just awesome
0: yeah and i think you know not only are they partners, but obviously Youth On Course is is kind of a partner with MSGA and vice versa. You know, you're able to put on the 100-hole hike and, and help support uh, fundraising efforts for Youth On Course. That's how we crossed paths and, and kind of first uh, came to know each other. And, and then we walked 100 holes, Dante and I, which we were crazy enough to do. Um, speak to that a little bit. And like, what was it like for your first experience of planning a 100-hole hike and, and finally seeing it through?
1: Yeah, so this was my first year um, actually planning the 100-hole hike. Um, I was a part of it last year as an intern. I interned at the MSGA, um, and I was there for half of the day. So I got a little bit of a glimpse of what it was like. um, But I didn't really know the ins and outs until this year. Um, And, you know, in planning it, you're looking for uh, a course that's flat, you're doing a lot of walking so you definitely want a flat course and um a lot of other agas will actually use executive courses or par 3 courses which is really common and um I think I just you know I hit up Suburban Club because Mark Helfrich you know the pro there he's awesome to us and so I knew he would welcome us back there and we had such a good experience last year with the hike um and doing it this year I don't think there's any problems doing it on a full par 70 course um when it came down to you know the wire you just played that par three whole 16 11 times that over it it some time so <laughs> well, it works out um and you know i think in terms of planning it just you know having snacks and drinks and Adding it to the list, first aid next year. Poor <laughs> um,
0: Dante. I know.
2: <laughs> now, I, yeah. You know what? I was I was very impressed with the course itself, and I, I thought it was the perfect venue because you know you're saying a lot of these people do it on executive courses or these short par three courses and you're like wow we actually did this on a regulation size course now we were playing more of the forward tees but i mean it's still a regulation size course i mean it's still par 70 i mean it's still i mean technically if we wanted to and we like i know we kind of mixed we played like the reds and greens because it kind of was direct from like it was going forward from like green to t and like there was times where we were like yo, why don't we just like play this and see what happens? And if we wanted to, we probably could have posted some of to some of our scores. I mean, on it like you, most of the courses, you don't really have that opportunity. So I thought that was kind of a huge success, and kind of something we can pat all pat ourselves on the back too is being able to accomplish that feature on a regular size like USG sanctioned course.
1: Absolutely. I think that says a lot. Um, not that it's easier or harder one way or another. 100 cheating. holes is You're still not 100, 100 holes. <laughs> yeah. 100,
2: yeah. holes it's 100 holes is 100 holes. That's a lot of golf. That's a lot yeah. of strings. I think I Think we added it up. It, it, if you were to take like our average score, it was near, I think, in between 300 to 400. Like, If you yeah. wanted to just at add a total yeah. four. Yeah, which was wild. Actually, Dalton and I were—I was in his hometown, and we were in Biglerville, um, at a course called Pineapple, and it was a shorter course, but the yardage from where we were playing was relatively the same yardage that we played at Suburban. Oh, you know, if you look at it on paper, you look at the yardage, like oh yeah, we can do a hundred hole, hundred hole hike here until we walked completely almost like on a 90 degree angle downhill. <laughs> I had to climb back up. I said, yeah, never mind. We can't do this here.
0: There's something yeah. different about walking the uh foothills, of the Appalachian mountains, uh, rather than suburban <laughs> club. It's a little different, yeah. but, uh, it, it just goes to show, I mean, you hit the, I think you hit the nail on the head, Dante, and I'm glad you said that. Cause you said it to me the day after we hiked too, of just like how good the layout was for a, a full regulation course. And, like how we can, we can kind of pat ourselves on the back and say, you know what, we did, we did just do it on a little like chip and pot. We we did it on a full size course, and and you know they host uh, they host Maryland State uh, Golf Association, you know regulation tournaments there throughout the I year mean, too. So
2: Dalton was ripping drivers almost on every every hole. I, co- I
0: had I actually, actually I had too much fun that day. I did I pulled driver <laughs> probably too much for my own good. My elbow hurts a little bit. I probably shouldn't have swung driver that much, uh, but we it are- was fun. We had a time.
2: We were sure just going after every shot too. Like we we talked about it afterwards. I said, I said I've never swung that many like swings in a, all those. I mean it's five and a half rounds of golf and went after every single shot.
1: Well, it depends how you want to look at it. I mean, if you're hitting driver every time, that's less. If you hit a good drive, there's less shots you got to hit. But
2: that is, that's <laughs>
1: the way I <laughs> approached
0: it. I was like, if I rip driver, I might have a chip, a little wedge, and do will have to you know swing a full eight iron. It was, it was fun. We had a blast. We, we had an absolute good time playing golf. Uh, the camaraderie with the people we, we met for the first time, some folks we knew from kind of going into it, but uh, it was just great camaraderie. Like when, when you think about walking 100 holes, most people like get their nose up in the air and are like, why would you ever do that? And it, it doesn't <laughs> sound like a good time. And I, and I think I could speak for Dante when I say this. Like It was one of the most memorable, exciting, like just happy-go-lucky times with the golf course. I think in my entire experience of playing golf, like there's just nothing like that where if you grow up playing golf and even playing team golf, it kind of gets close to it, but like playing a hundred holes in a day with a couple of strangers mm. and becoming like best friends by the end of it, that's, you don't get that too often in the game of golf.
2: Well, that and the, um, you just mentioned it kind of like the team aspect, the adrenaline that kind of went through on the, that last stretch of holes, it was like you were cheering everybody on. You're like, we got this. I was like, I haven't se- felt that type of adrenaline from, you know, the days up at Marywood playing, you know, lacrosse and getting that. Like, I was like, I looked at Dalton. I said, dude, like, I haven't felt this type of adrenaline before since playing con- like a contact sport. And it was just like amazing to kind of just brood each other on. And I think that we got even better with our swings and, and contact, at that like last stretch of like twenty some holes.
1: That's honestly my favorite part of being out there. You know, I'm out there from start to finish and watching the just how everybody progresses throughout the day. You know, you obviously tee off at the break of dawn and you think <laughs> it's gonna be a great day and then after the first round, you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta do this four and a half more times. And then, you know, the second round, spirits are getting a little lower again. And then just to kind of see the progression of everybody throughout the day, you know, people are going barefoot after the third round.
0: <laughs> third round, I think we had one by the
1: third hole. By the tenth hole. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. I know. It's just like, a, it's really a cool experience to watch everybody and. People get goofy out there because it's like you start to get bored after a while. What are you going to do? You know, you got to make games out of it. You got to make contests out of it. And just to see how everybody does that is very entertaining. Um, (laughs) And then by the end, you know, it's like there's a bunch of zombies walking around is what it looks like. And you're like, oh, just please make it. Come on, please make it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we all sit down and it's like everybody's known each other. It feels like for five years. So the bonds are definitely like the best part of the hike, I would say for sure.
0: Yeah, I think I, I think we definitely agree there. It was one of those things where we didn't know what to expect going into it. You know, we, we we've seen on social media over the past few years, um, a lot of folks do it. Um, and it seems like, you know, by the end of it, they had high praise, but you just don't know what to expect going into it for the first time, um, going up to a place where we had never been before at Suburban Club. Um, we were skeptical, to say the least, um, of like a full regulation size course, because like you said, you know, you see so many people doing it on executives that like, is it possible At at suburban club, like I know they did it, but how? Um, And then to actually see it through is just like it's it's surreal to like have the have it come full circle and watch people do it and then be a part of it.
1: I think that's also cool for you guys to say too. I mean, you're probably averaged a a pace of play of like an hour and forty five minutes around, which is crazy. (laughs) Um, But you know, pat on the back to you guys because nobody else can say that.
2: And it it wasn't. wasn't I wasn't winded, which I thought. I felt I had to almost slight jog. And I just walked kind of at a comfortable nor like a slight normal pace, but maybe a little bit you know, a little bit faster, but nothing crazy. And I wasn't gassed at the end of at the end of the day, like winded wise, which I was shocked because Dalton and I did not train whatsoever. We just drove, we were smart enough to drive up the night before and stay and lay over because if we got up at there was no way I was gonna be able to make it get up at 4 30 in the morning just to drive two hours to get there, tee off, and then just go for the rest of the day. But it obviously, you know, you put all those miles in and you put all those steps in, you know, obviously your body's gonna break down at the end of the day. And that was pretty much about it. But I guess my I guess you say cardio wise. I'm extremely impressed with how I was able to withstand all that walking. Well,
0: when we joke now too, cause we just play with each other uh, this past Saturday for nine holes and we're like, dude, I think we're stuck in hundred hole hike speed. Like I, I think we're yes. just all of a sudden, like, cause it was the first Did time beat a
1: world record.
0: No, no chance. <laughs> we're not world record setters. We're just hundred hole hikers. That's expectations are high, but not that high. Um, you know, we walked so fast and Dante played maybe nine. We maybe played a total of 18 holes since the hundred hole hike till today, which I mean is abnormal for us. Uh, but I think both times we played, we were stuck in speed golf mode. So that might just be a yeah. normal for us.
2: Yeah. I texted him. I think I played maybe at the, at, at the end of the week or the following week prior, just went out for nine holes. Cause it actually was like a pretty decent day. Got out a little bit early. And I said, dude, I'm I feel like I'm just trying to play as many holes as I can before dark. <laughs> it's like a new way to play, man.
0: It's been crazy. So taking a step back, we we talk about youth on course in Maryland and we talk about, you know, kind of our hundred hole hike experience. Um, you said about five years ago, you might not have said golf was you know, the coolest thing. Actually, it was far from the coolest thing. What flipped the script for you and and why did golf become such a fun thing in your life and obviously led you to applying at Maryland State Golf Association?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I ask myself that question a lot, actually, because I still don't probably know the answer. But um, after my freshman year on the golf team, we got a new coach who cared a little bit more about girls golf um and put more effort into recruiting more girls so we got a couple more girls on the team and it gave me a little bit more of a sense of hope and I had some more friends on the team so I was having naturally a little bit more fun out playing and then I think my sophomore year maybe I actually won the county championship so I was like oh this is kind of cool and um (laughs) I don't know. And then I just started having more fun. And then the question came, you know, so then college, you want to play golf in college. There's so many opportunities for scholarships out there for girls, golf scholarships. Um, But I just wasn't really at that point yet. And I didn't really think I wanted to devote my whole life and time to playing golf in college. So I chose not to. And I went to Towson and I still wanted to be in the sport industry. A lot of my family has always been really connected to sports so I majored in sport management and my senior year, no, excuse me, my junior year, um, I needed to do an internship for credit. So um, my, one of my professors sent me this PJ Boatwright internship at the MSGA and I'm like, oh, it's golf. Like I have a golf background. So I'm like, let's just apply and see where this goes. And then interviewed, ended up getting the internship, and um throughout my internship it was a seven month long term and the first few months I didn't really expect it to go anywhere I just expected it you know to be an internship and then when I was done I would just continue on but um I think just a big part of it was the people that I worked with everybody in the office and um the board and just like the players and the pros and everybody that I met golf is such a tight knit community and it feels like everybody knows each other. And I guess just the way the golf is, everybody is super laid back and I was really enjoying my internship. And I was like, gosh, I really hope I can stay or maybe intern longer. I was like, if honestly I can't intern, maybe I'll just volunteer, um, or you know find a way to kind of sneak myself in here and it actually ended up working out in my favor my supervisor uh she got a new job about halfway through my internship and so um I saw that as an opportunity for a potential full-time job position and so I just kind of worked my butt off and you know I've at that point was reconnected with golf fully. And um, I don't know. I just, I ended up getting the position and um, I love it to say, I I I don't know what else to say. I just, I really love it. And I, I could five years ago, never see myself saying that, but I do. And I don't know why, but I do.
0: I love it. I think it's, you know, Dante and I talk about this all the time. Uh, Because he's thought about going down the PGA professional route. I've worked on like the maintenance side of things. I've worked in the pro shop. Um, You get a better like appreciation for the golf industry overall when you actually start working in it versus kind of just playing the game. Um, and I know we've both seen it from both perspectives. And I think once you once you cross that threshold of like being in the golf industry, there's something about it. There's this like unspoken connection or just this like unspoken bond of like, hey, we we, woke, we work in the golf industry. We're, we're working for the greater good of just kind of growing the game, right? Wherever it is, whether it's putting on tournaments, um, whether it's working in the pro shop or, you know, on the grounds crew, There's there's this unspoken bond of like you work in the golf industry, like let's be friends, right? And like you said, it yeah. is such a tight knit community. The, the players, the employees, the volunteers—even uh, there's usually so many rules. Volunteers or spotters out at your guys's events as well. They're just good-hearted people that just want to spend their time on a golf course and help run events. And I think that's what makes the golf industry go round And it's just such a great community. Uh, once you kind of see that other side, it, it, you know, it's it, it's tough to leave.
1: It's so tough to leave. And I, you know, I've been <laughs> thinking about that because I think about you know my future and. You know whether I want to stay in the golf industry or just you know what the future holds for me, and I'm like honestly, I don't know if I would enjoy it as much because I just (laughs) truly love the people that I work with. Like maybe that's what makes the experience for me is just all the people I'm surrounded by. But then at the same time, it's like the community is so connected that you know it's people all over the United States, and I, I just feel like everywhere I go, there's always somebody that I know and. I always feel welcomed and everybody's so nice and like everybody's a mentor and a friend. And it's like, I just feel like it's a community that once you're in, you're always a part of whether it's lifelong or not. So.
2: Oh, it's yeah. amazing just hear hearing some of the guys, like at my local course, not even not, not, like you're saying camaraderie and community, like you're talking within and without the industry those that don't work in it but i'm talking to guys that i've played with who've been around the industry for years and the stories that just kind of come out of their mouths and just talking about the history back in the day before my time before i was even alive telling me about yeah this club pro and how good he was and what he did for the community and how he's at this club and just like all the stories it's really like the stories that just come out of it that just. Like you were saying it's just how tight-knit of a community is where you can go completely almost across the country into a facility talk to someone and they'll have some type of relationship with where you just came from
1: for
2: sure it's just awesome to see i and that's like the beauty about golf
0: and you yeah. see that so much with like players you see it with even if you go out as yourself as like a single by the time if you you know match up with two other people or three other people the bond you have with those people even after just playing nine holes or 18 holes somehow some way they know maybe a course you've played in the past or you know come across the same head professional or teaching pro or or, you know on down the line of similarities and and common ground you can find uh with a random stranger within a game of golf
1: absolutely i used to be a little bit hesitant you know when i would get a tee time and then they pair you up with, you know, two other people. And I was like, Oh gosh, you know, you never know who you're going to get. But honestly, every single time I've always had a blast. And it's like, I've met a new friend or it's like, Oh, let's do this again sometime. Or, you know, more recently, I just play the local Baltimore Towson public courses and I'll play, I'll pair with some ladies and they're like, Oh yeah, where do you play? And, you know, I start talking to them about the MSGA more and they've never even heard of some of our tournaments and it's a good opportunity. I'm like, you should come play in our stuff, you know? And they're like, Oh, I would love to. I didn't even know about it. Like, and it's just always like a good experience. Like everybody's just happy, like genuinely happy to be there.
0: Yeah. And I think you, you put it perfectly. It's like whether they know about events or not. And I think that's the fun of, of what you're doing now is, you know, getting into talking about, the the women's events you run there's so much room for growth within the women's side of whether it's competitive golf or just getting together and playing events you know put on by the Maryland State Golf Association I think um the women's game is is like ripe for growth because a lot of women are maybe scared to even go compete or you know afraid of like man what if I go out and I'm not as good as everybody else or you know on down the line of quote unquote excuses that women make I think they make you know, it's tougher for women to go play in a, a competitive style than it is men. I think there's still that growth opportunity there. So, talking about the events you guys run, you know, what kind of events do you run for women, and and what all things do you put on during the year?
1: Yeah, you definitely hit the nail on the head with how women are a little more intimidated to play in our championships. Um, going back to before my day, the officials used to wear. These Navy Blazers with the MSGA crest and their little MSGA ties and scarves, and uh, you know, the starters will announce the players to go out and play. And I think for the women, that's very intimidating because they're not used to that as much. So, what we're trying to do now is we don't wear the blazers anymore. And for a lot of our tournaments, we don't even really announce the players formally like a lot of the men's tournaments do it's a lot more laid back. Um, we try to just be more casual and friendly about it, just like it's a regular old day of golf out there. Um, and I think that's definitely helped our participation a little bit. Um, but you know, going forward, we're trying to just incorporate more ways that we can increase women's partici- participation because, um, I think, you know, I've only, this is my first year at the MSGA, but from, you know, my understanding that this is one of, you know, a bad year for us in terms of women's registration, numbers are very low. I will say for the Women's Open coming up in October, I think it's a record. We have 81 women signed up, which is wow. insane. We actually raised the limit from 74 to, or maybe 72, eight to 84 and we're at that roof right now. Um, and a big part of it just comes down to outreach. We uh, on the women's committee have developed an outreach committee just to spread the word out there more. Um, and I don't know, just try to make ourselves more marketable to women because they're really just not as interested in playing as the men are, you know, you don't have to tell the men to come out and play a tournament. Like there's always a wait list. And they're just always going to sign up. But for the women, you know, you have to put in a little more effort, I think, because it hasn't always been there. So it's more of a new thing. You know, the opportunities are definitely more new for women. So um, just trying to get them used to that, I think is what we're dealing with right now.
0: Well, first off, exciting to hear that you guys have a record number for the Women's Open. Um, that's awesome. I know, like you said, that's coming up here on the 17th and 18th up in Chevy Chase, Maryland. So um, that's awesome to see. I think when you talk about competitive golf, Dante, we were talking about this. Fall golf is an incredible time of year. Golf courses are in phenomenal shape. The weather's usually pretty good, pending uh, you know, storm system coming through or whatnot. But, uh, this or time if you live in
2: Town, PA, but... Hey, we I got a rag on my hometown. I'm like sorry, this. man. I was freezing. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, but I—it's just—it's exciting to see that kind of pop off for you guys to to round out the year. Um, you know, as far as uh, obviously you have the open and you have other maybe one day events with like two-person better ball teams and things like that. I know you had mentioned when we were out there at the hike uh, the possibility of getting, like, some sipping plays going with some playing some, like, golf and sipping some wine. You know, what are the possibilities of moving forward with kind of not-so-formal events? I mean, because, Dante, I think I speak for both of us. We've both played in events where they announce your name on the first tee, and man or woman, that puts the nerves on high alert on that first tee shot.
2: Dude, no doubt. Dude. You get, like, <laughs> knee knockers right there. Like, ah, oh, <laughs> crap. <laughs> and, like, you're golf like, great. Now have to be like <laughs> It's like, can I just – like, I just need to swing freely because, I mean, even tournament rounds or not, you know, you get on that first tee and it's just like I just want to get, like, at least – there's, like, two goals in mind. Whether I play absolute crap and shoot a million or shoot – like, go real low and have my, you know, career best, it's hitting a good first drive off the tee – and not make it, you know par or better on the 18th hole. Those are my two goals. It's like two simple goals, and it's like they let the people at the
0: clubhouse right think up. you're a pretty good golfer. Yeah, I know like, do there's
1: do always it. such a <laughs> pressure. The first tee, it's like I don't care if I play horrible for my round. Just let me get off the tee and let me just make the last putt. Really, where everyone's watching. Um, but no, like you said, so we have. Our championships, obviously, we have the Junior Girls Championship. We have the Women's Mid-Am, the Women's Amateur. Then we have a mixed two-ball event, which gets a lot of participation because there's men involved. So, you know, Um, and then we have the Women's Senior Amateur. We have two-woman team. We have two sides that there's two-woman team, and then there's a mid-two-woman team. Um, And then we have a Women's Open, and I hope I'm not leaving anything out, but Um, So those are our major championships. And we also do have, you know, some USGA qualifiers. And um, we have some junior girls invitational events. Um, We do a, a four lady invitational, which is a fundraiser for our junior girls program. And so those are some of our things that women can get involved in, you know, to test the waters a little bit with the MSGA and get to meet us and meet some other women. But like you mentioned, we are Um, hopefully starting a nine and wine event. Um, what that exactly is going to look like is still in the works, but, um, wine will be involved and nine holes will be involved. (laughs) So (laughs) something that a lot of women would enjoy. So kind of the goal with that is to just, it's like a meet and greet essentially, you know, meet the MSGA. We're not super scary. You know, it doesn't have to be intimidating, meet the women, meet some other players, you know, meet the committee, meet our volunteers, get used to having some officials around, you know, there won't be any officiating going on, but just having people out there and getting used to what that feels like. Um, So that when you do choose to hopefully sign up for one of our championships or other events, you know, it's not as intimidating. um, I think, the biggest hesitation comes with not knowing other players who are signed up. You know, nobody wants to show up somewhere where they've never played in the tournament before. They don't know anybody. And it's like, that can be super intimidating. Nobody wants to put themselves in that situation. So the goal with this is to avoid that and just not only meet the MSGA, but meet new players or current players. Um, And just a relaxed, you know, non-competitive, just, totally fun laid back environment Um, and then we also have our one day events which are co-ed and those are you know all playing abilities are welcome in our one day events and there's a net component so those are more laid back too and that's a good way to just kind of start and you know get your feet wet a little bit with what the MSGA is about
0: sure. I know anytime Nets involved at my club and I think Dante is the same, like our gross match play was only maybe 30 or 40 players this year. Our net had over 120. You know, as soon as Nets involved, it seems to just open it up to the masses. People feel like they're on a little bit more of a level playing field, which, you know, I think whether you're male or female, you can kind of see um, the ability to go out and play and have a little bit more relaxed time because, you know, the handicaps there to fall back on a little bit. But it makes it fun for everyone.
1: Yeah, that's the whole point of the handicap. You know, everybody can play fairly against one another, which not a lot of other sports have. So that's definitely huge.
0: For sure. Now, I know, um, Dante, when we talk about handicap all the time, you're like, sometimes – you wish it wasn't there because people could sandbag the heck out of you. But at the end of the day, it makes matches more fun. Uh, most, of, most of your match play events went all 18 holes in the net because of, of handicap and being a close event. I know mine were the same. So at the end of the day, it's usually really true, uh, and it makes for great times, and it makes, for, you know, meet, it makes easier times on the golf course to meet new people too. I've met a lot of new members over the past few years through net events um, just because they were willing to sign up. And, and go ahead and play because of the the net format. So yeah, because uh, they have a I chance think to play. Yeah. Absolutely, I think it's it it makes it so much more convenient for for people to get out there and pick up a club and say, you know what, let's just go have some fun and see what happens.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that's one of the things also we try to incorporate into our women's events. Um, if you were to compare them, you know, with the men's events, we have more flights. We have more divisions and will in some, you know, have a net component just because it encourages women to play more, you know, going back to what I said, how you don't have to ask the men to play. There's always a wait list. They're always going to sign up. But for the women, you know, having more opportunities for them to win is definitely more enticing to to them to sign up. Um, you know, everybody wants to win. So even if it's like third net, you're still getting a prize. I would do it. <laughs> 100%.
0: <laughs> prizes involved. Everybody gets out for some
2: prizes. Um, it always feels so- good to go home with some hardware Yeah. at the end of the day. You know, I mean, you know, you grow up playing, you know, myself, you know, mainly team sports and at the end of the year, you know, hopefully you make it if they have a playoff or whatever championship and you walk out with like the trophies and then after college, it really wasn't much. And then, you know, I start signing up for, you know, you get in, get in the golf and you start signing up to get, like, someone to hand you a trophy at the end of the day because you, like, went out and played your best and was the best out of everybody that you played against. It's 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 a wonderful feeling. Like, you you forget about that when growing up as, like, you know, as a kid. And then you go and you're like, well, wow, I can – even though, you know, I'm a full-grown adult, you know, I can still go out and win a trophy and go home at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, you I
1: gotta really let the kid
0: out inside
2: him. a little bit. Yeah, right absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we always want to compete, and we always like, you know, the win something. You put it on, you know, you put it on your desk at home or whatnot. Or your desk at work. Come in the next day, and you know you're holding a big trophy, and it's going right, right on the top shelf of your of your desk, and people walk in, you know, like, dang, like, good job. <laughs>
0: Love it. Okay, so you've had a full year of you know being in the position. What is maybe one of your favorite memories of whether you were hosting a women's event or uh, the youth, youth on course effort, efforts? What was one of your favorite memories to look back on and say, "Man, that was that was a really special moment of of year one of Maryland State Golf Association."
1: Oh, that's got to be the hardest question you probably could ask me. I know um, I put you on the spot. <laughs> I've had, you know, obviously so many great opportunities that I've looked back on. And, you know, there's so many times where I like call my mom and dad after work. And I'm like, oh, you won't believe it just happened today. Oh my gosh. Like, can't believe, you know, this day I met this person and, you know, this happened. Or, um, man, I don't know. I think probably the most special thing for me was being a part of our Junior Girls Invitational. Um, We have the Poindexter and the Mid-Atlantic Challenge called the MAC. And um, those are two events where the girls apply and there's a team that's selected. And then for the Poindexter, Maryland plays against Virginia. And for the MAC, Maryland and Virginia team up and they play against the Carolinas. And I think... For those events, it's really unique because they get a sense of team and camaraderie, which is not common in golf. It's a very individual sport. And I think I kind of lived through them because that's something that I never had growing up in golf. That's why I didn't have a great relationship with golf in the start. Um, so just to see that kind of come true for these girls is definitely probably one of the most special experiences that I've had at the MSGA and just getting to, to know them and then watch them grow. You know, they all play in our events and they start out, you know, in the junior and they're maybe 14 years old. And then, you know, you'll see them grow and then they will be 18. And then a lot of these girls, you know, I've researched, they played, they've been on our teams they played in the junior and now they're winning our our women's amateur and then they're going on and they're getting recruited to college teams and i kind of i think i see myself in them a little bit so that's probably my favorite part
0: i love that that's awesome that's uh, you know seeing the full circle seeing girls get that experience at such a young age um, has to be incredible for for you and and the whole team at Maryland State Golf Association I mean without you and the full team there like they wouldn't be able to have that right like you guys are doing an incredible effort to put events like that on for Maryland for Virginia for the teams in the Carolinas like it takes every big team like that to make things like that happen so you guys are really affecting a lot of lives which is incredible to see um and obviously as you said they're they're starting as juniors they're coming up through and they're winning amateurs they're getting scholarships i know i've told dante plenty of times it keeps sending in the leaderboards of these events and i'm like there's so much talent out of the maryland virginia area like of women's golf of men's golf there's just so much young talent coming up and and seeing it you know every summer uh, through the Maryland state golf association is always a lot of fun to see.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's incredible. The talent that some of these young girls and boys have like just how far they can hit the ball. And just the some of the scores that they're putting up. I, I don't understand, but it's really cool to watch. It's
0: why we all have day jobs. It's why we're sitting yeah. here talking golf and That's not playing I'm golf. Not
1: out there playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, but it really is cool to see. And obviously, you know, you having a part in the women's side of everything is 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 fun to see from our side as well. Um, hopefully, you know, nothing but the best moving on to next year as you continue to grow and have more fun events, which we're looking forward to see um, out of Maryland State Golf and, and your efforts as well. So where can women go to maybe even if they don't want to sign up, maybe just to learn more about Maryland State Golf, just maybe even more learn about the game and what you guys have to offer for women and girls, uh, in the game.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of great resources on our website. Um, we definitely, uh, we try to, after every tournament, um, or even just monthly, you know, post a news article, just recapping so that, you know, people who might be interested, but are too nervous to reach out, can kind of read a little bit about what goes on during our tournaments. Um, and some of the initiatives that we have going on. Um, So I would definitely say that our, our website is a great resource. Um, But also if you're ever, you know, just curious, me, I'm a great resource. I would love for you to reach out to me and just give me a call or, you know, shoot me an email and just like, tell me what you're interested in and I can point you in the right direction. Um, I think a lot of people are a little bit, you know, hesitant, nobody wants to just sign up for an event that they have no idea anything about. Um, So that can be a little scary. So, you know, if you want to just be on our email list, even and just, you know, receive notifications about what's going on with the MSGA, um, you know, anything like that, uh, just definitely, I would say, start by reaching out to us.
0: That's awesome. So best way to reach out to you for these folks, you said via email. So, you know, we'll, we'll shoot out the email in the podcast notes, whether it's on Spotify or iTunes. So guys go look there for Grace's email uh, and we can happily send everyone your direction to get to know the game a little bit better, whether it's for their young lady or whether it's for someone, you know, in their mid thirties or forties, picking up the game for the first time. Um, I know, I think we've seen so many guys do that as well. And I know, our women's uh membership has gone through the roof down here in ocean city so it's just it seems like there's a lot of folks that are even picking it up well into the th- for the first time and say give this game a try so uh you know it's it, that's the best part is it's never too late to start
1: never yeah that's the whole point of the handicap right you know you just jump right in and <laughs> play with everybody and just get yourself out there it's all about the fun
0: Absolutely. Well, Grace, we appreciate the time tonight uh, joining us and talking golf. Uh, You guys are doing a lot of incredible things at Maryland State Golf and you specifically with the women's side of the game uh, and growing the game for young ladies and women alike. So. Thank you again for the time. And as always, guys, you can go to www.enjoythewalkpod.com to check out the latest shows from us, as well as grabbing the latest merchandise, as well as our latest blogs and posts as well. So guys, thanks for listening. Now get out there, carry your clubs, and enjoy the walk.